Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest, uh, I've kind of been begging her to come on since series one. Um, she is my favourite of all the judges of all the shows. She's been on a few of them. Um, <laughs> she is an author, a rapper. I literally remember being in like my late teens and going and dancing to her raps and stuff in clubs. Uh, <laughs> she is a mother of two. It's the amazing Alicia Dixon. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Thank Honestly, you. I can remember, and I'm literally just remembering it now, I can remember like Miss coming on when I was out in clubs and at that point where you literally just would walk around and look a little bit sexy and think you look sexy and Miss Deep come on and I'd be like yeah that's me I'm walking I'm, don't even look at me I'm walking I love that good that's what I like to hear yes Oh, how are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to see you and be here. I've actually been, I really have wanted to come on for such a long time because I think it's not often you get to just sit and have a real genuine conversation yeah. about motherhood because yeah. you do all these interviews where everything's so 
they're always looking for a, a line or a sound by and it's you never feel like you can open up so I was really yeah. looking forward to coming and just having a, a real chat with you. Well I think when it comes to doing like sofa stuff in particular or all magazines like it's very hard to get out of the narrative of it's amazing because yes. you're 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 like cut to such a short amount of time absolutely and you know that you can't really go into anything because you can't explain it that's right or you can't give a rounded view of it exactly so you have to condense it to it's amazing yes <laughs> I'm fine <laughs> I'm still smiling <laughs> didn't sleep last night but I'm still smiling exactly spot on <laughs> so what was your childhood like oh how long you got we need more than an hour for that and a therapist <laughs> this is your therapy session so I know. I'm in charge so how, feel free my childhood it was um it was fun. I had a great childhood. I had ups, I had downs, I had challenging times. I had a very dysfunctional family. Um, I lived, I came from a very, very small town, Welling Garden City, and I felt very safe in my mm -hmm. hometown. I had a great set of friends. I loved school. I was always creative, very active. Um, but I think like anyone, it was full of its challenges and yeah. there were times that weren't great. And there were times when I look back, most of my great memories when I look back um, on my childhood were probably being at school and being creative. And Really? Yeah, definitely. I thrived. I was the kind of child that if I was ill, I would still want to go into school. Like I hated a sick day. That changed once I got to secondary <laughs> school. But primary school, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And did you ever think about yourself having kids and, and, and having a family? I remember the, the thought that I had as a child, it sounds so silly to say it now, I used to go around saying I'm never having children because I don't want to bring children into this world. That I love my unborn child so much that I can't possibly bring them into this world. And I remember saying that for years as a kid. Really? How old were you? Like primary school. And then that went on through secondary school and I just remember having this really strong feeling of, I would love them so much. How yeah. could I... Because I was, I was afraid of everything as a kid. I was scared of the world. So to me, it was a really scary place. And, and as a 41-year-old, it really is a scary <laughs> yeah. place. But I think that the overriding feeling that you get to want to have a baby mm. and to make a baby with the person that you love takes over the fear. Yeah. But the fear when I was a child was the thing that was driving the thought. And the thought was, no, no children, not doing it. Too what, scary a What world. was your relationship like with your mum? Really great. Yeah. Always has been. My mum and I, my mum, I, I mean, oh my goodness, I don't know what I would do without my mum. She has been incredible. She's always been so supportive and loving and allowed me the freedom to, to become who I want to be, which has been so nice. And just supporting my wild dreams as well, yeah. where some parents would... You know, like my dad, for example, when I told him I wanted to sing, it was a scary thing for him and he didn't want me to do that. He would have much preferred me to get a sensible job. He would. He actually wanted me to be a stockbroker or an accountant <laughs> or a solicitor. Yeah. Whereas my mum was more, when you wake up in the morning, whatever makes your spirit feel good, whatever makes you feel happy, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. So I followed that advice instead. How, like, conflicting is that? <laughs> so way? conflicting. Like, really conflicting. Like, my dad was quite, uh, I think, but for my dad, I think it was fear. Mm. Because, again, he looked at me as this young female of colour trying to make it in the music industry. And he was looking around and thinking, well, that doesn't happen very often. So yeah. what makes you think that lightning's going to strike or whatever that saying is? You know, what makes you think that you're going to be different? And I do remember saying to him, you know, I can't, I can't base my decisions in life on 
anyone's successes or failures. Yeah. It really has to be something that I authentically want to do, so, an instinctive thing. And so I understood where that concern was coming from. Whereas my mum, she's a natural born hippie. She's very kind of like free thinking and relaxed in her thoughts. And yeah, she was very much just, I believe in you. Whatever yeah. you want to do, you can do it. So it was quite nice to have the sensible versus the kind of optimistic, free thinking pair. Yeah. It was quite cool. Kind of keeps you grounded in your thinking as well. It really did. Yeah. Because I was never one of these people that kind of ran away with their dreams. I, I almost felt silly saying it out loud that I wanted to sing. Right. So when people would ask me what I wanted to do, I would say, oh, I want to be a teacher. And, you know, because that was another dream of mine to become a teacher. And so I would say the practical thing or the sensible thing. Because I knew if I said it out loud, what I really wanted to do, people would look at me and think, oh, come on, behave. Yeah. Who's really going to make, you know, I hate to use the word pop star. But back then it's like, you think you can become a pop star, like get out of the clouds. It yeah. would have been that kind of thing. So I kept it to myself, even though it was obvious that it was a passion and a dream of mine to be a creative person and do something within the world of entertainment. And did you ever think of yourself as a mum? Once, well, actually, at what point did you start thinking to, that you would actually bring children into the world? When I met Azuka. Really? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How old were you when you two met? <clears throat> we met 10 years ago. Yeah. And he was the first person that I met that I knew that we could have children together because our values, our morals, our thinking, everything aligned very much on the same page, same sort of same belief system. Yeah. I trust him as a human being. I knew he would be an incredible dad. And that's the moment that it felt right. And I'd been in toxic relationships before where I knew that I could never bring a child into that relationship because it just, having had those times in my life as a child that were difficult, mm -hmm. you know, I, I couldn't possibly repeat that for, for my unborn child. The thought of having children with someone that could possibly do something toxic or show them something toxic that I saw as a child frightened me more than anything in the world. So it was so important for me that the person that I had children with had to be healthy-minded, the relationship had to be healthy, and that didn't happen. So I'm 41 now, I met Azuka when, well, he says we met years and years ago, but I don't quite remember. <laughs> but he, apparently we met a few times, but when we really met was 10 years ago when we became really great friends. So yeah, he, he basically changed my whole thinking from that point of view. It's interesting that it was a fear that was stopping you. Absolutely. It really was because I knew having grown up and seen certain things that I shouldn't have seen as a child, I, kn I knew the importance of having children in a healthy relationship because I knew the knock-on effect that it has. I mean, it took me a long time, many years to repair from some of the things that I saw, you know, right into adulthood, like mm. dealing with things that happened in my childhood. And I thought, I'm not going to do that to a child. I would rather have had no children than bring them into the wrong environment. Yeah. Because I'd been there and walked the walk and I knew the baggage that I was carrying and how certain things made me very angry. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Mm. Yeah. Was it difficult deciding when to start a family? Because obviously you have become increasingly, <clears throat> like you're someone whose career has just gone from strength to strength and you've kind of, you jump on many different lily pads, if you like, right. across the pond of a career. Like, right. So is it hard kind of going, I'm going to have a baby now? And we all know that that doesn't necessarily work like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, Azuka tells me off a lot for using the word, oh, time is running out. He he gets really... I mean, I guess on one hand, I can say that's easy for a man to say, mm. but I also understand what he's trying to say to me because 
again, coming back to the, we genuinely believe that the thoughts that you put out, you manifest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So therefore, if you say things like, well, I'm too old to have a baby or time is running out, then that's that's the anxiety that you're putting out mm -hmm. into the world. So he was right. And I, I guess maybe women instinctively have a natural concern about time because we do have a body clock. It's a real thing. And I always say that to him, like, it's a real thing. I'm not did making it up. Did you suddenly get this, like, craving to have a child? I did. Like, a strong urge. Yeah, strong. And it, and it hit me sideways, actually, because I had been someone that had resisted it before yeah. and then like you said I was so focused on work yeah. that um, it didn't take priority but there came a point when I was about 32 33 I just started having an instinctive feeling and Azuka and I probably talked about it for a good year really before we made the decision because and this is why I love him because he's really sensible yeah he's not somebody that just like yeah come on let's just but also you know if you've spent like decades kind of going no that's not for me yeah to suddenly switch over and kind of go this is it you actually you do want to take that time and, and yeah. kind of get your head around it that's right and I think for me it was really important that we had quality time as a couple as mm -hmm. well to just be us that was so important. And I think when you're, as you know, you've got two creative people in a household, you don't clock off at five no. o'clock. There is no nine to five. No. It's 24 seven, seven days a week. Yeah. Your brain doesn't switch off. And so we were trying to figure out how we can bring a child into that, yep. into our creative space and be present for our children while still being ambitious and wanting to do the things that we want to do. And so we, we talked and talked and talked till we couldn't ignore the desire to do it and it was almost like and I touched wood the day we decided we were going to do it we pretty much fell pregnant really straight, we pretty much fell pregnant straight away yeah what was it like when you found out you were um I remember I was in the bathroom by myself <laughs> and I actually this is really corny but I actually did that thing I don't know if you, anyone's ever done this I'm gonna I turned to the mirror and I smiled at myself <laughs> I was like sitting there and I literally just turned and I smiled in the mirror. I was like, oh my God. I know, you've got no one to share it with It was like that. It was so funny, but this real like warm sensation just like filled me. Yeah. It was just lovely. And then I just walked, yeah, walked straight into the living room and told Azuka. And he was did like, he even know you were doing a test? Yes, he did. Oh, he, did. he got okay. it. For, he went and got it for right, me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he knew, but it was uh, it was one. He <laughs> should have been in there with me, really, shouldn't it? But it was it was it was a lovely feeling, like the best feeling in yeah. the world. Yeah. How was that first pregnancy? Because you kept it secret for oh, quite some time. God. Six How months. How do you do this every time? <laughs> it's good, crazy. Have a good seamstress. <laughs> oh yeah. The the um the bill for the tailor that year was quite really? high. Really? Yeah. But, do you know what it was? When I look back, it's quite, most people would think, why would you hide that? It's really silly. I think it's personal choice. I don't think it's a silly, you know. I think in, at the time, the thinking was, because Azuka and I had been together for a long time and I hadn't put it out there. And it wasn't that we were hiding for any particular yeah. reason. We were just enjoying. Just You don't have to declare everything. Exactly. Yeah. And we were just enjoying being us, right? So the first thing was, well, no one knows I'm even in a relationship <laughs> and now I'm pregnant. How are we going to get around this? We'll just hide it. So, and also, I was doing Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. And in my little head at the time, because you can overthink things, yeah. but in my head I thought, oh, I don't want to say I'm pregnant. People don't even know I'm in a relationship and then distract from the show. And in my mind, I was like, let's just finish the show so that can have its moment without any pregnancy 
malarkey. Yeah. And then we can announce that we're pregnant. And that's pretty much what I did. The, the live show wrapped. And then I went down to Cornwall with my family, told all of them. And then... How far along were you? Six months. <laughs> what? <laughs> Your family must have been like... My oh, nan what? was furious. <laughs> and my cousin was... They were furious. They were actually furious. My mum knew. Yeah. Bernadette, who works with me, she's a great friend of mine. She knew. Yeah. And uh, I think a close friend knew, but yeah, I kept it quiet. Did you carry yourself differently from the moment you were no longer hiding it? Yes. Yeah. I doubled in size. The minute I announced I was pregnant, it was like the belly just appeared. Yeah. It felt like the shortest pregnancy ever. Because well, I... of everyone else's expectations. Yeah. I loved being pregnant. I, I mean, I loved it. Really? I was so... I mean, I'm, I'm annoying myself by saying this, but I wasn't sick. Yeah. I... Just, yeah, well, the worst thing that happened, I had some like really bad low, lower back pain for a couple of weeks. But other than that, I just loved it. I felt great. I felt energised. I mean, I had my moments. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying it was perfect. But I, the, the, when I look back, the joy of it like, overrides anything else. Yeah. And I just remember loving the feeling. I loved feeling her inside me. And we found out we were having a girl quite oh, early did. on. And we named her when I was... Five months pregnant, we already found. I love her name. it. You had a name, no one else oh, yeah. knew she even yeah. existed, but she had a name. We were calling her Asura. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, right? <laughs> were you um, worried at all about um, the actual giving birth section of it? I was quite okay. So we we decided to do hypnobirthing, yeah. Which, when I look back now, is really funny because I don't know how much it. I really don't know if it worked. Okay, but I did quite enjoy the process, and the lady that actually took the class with us ended up being in the room when we gave birth, and so the whole thing was lovely. We had like really nice music, um, and you have all these ideas of what you want, don't you? Yeah. But sometimes the, the, you know the world has another plan for you. But I, what I tried to do when I was pregnant was avoid any conversations with anyone about pregnancy because right. I didn't want. I'm one of these people. I'm quite reactive. Mm -hmm. And I'm an energy person. So if somebody sits there and tells me a horror story, yeah. I'm going to take that on board. So yeah. I was like, I don't want to hear your pregnancy stories. If you've got a horror story, you keep it to yourself. I'm going to stay on my lily pad <laughs> and I'm going to romanticise this pregnancy and I'm going to just enjoy it and have fun and embrace and trust that my body knows what it's doing. Yeah. And I remember my best friend, Victoria, kept saying that to me. You've just got to trust that everything that's happening is happening because it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I heard her voice and then I was obviously thinking about the hip no birth in which was teaching me all about relaxing and that if I tense up and I'm stressed that I'm actually preventing the process so I had all of that and I really tried my best to stay as calm as possible and I, I really did for the most part yeah I was quite proud of myself it was quite a long labor and then in the end I had to have an epidural because I was done I'd gone the whole night not sleeping you know and what? I was like you I'm don't done. get an extra medal no exactly you that, don't. And that's what they they said to me. They're like, you, you just do your best. You go yeah. as long as you can. And I did. I tried my best. I went as long as I could. And then in the end, I had an epidural. And then I pushed her out in 10 minutes. I that think even good. with hypnobirthing, and I, and I, I just think... Life is busy. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're here, there and everywhere and you don't have time to really just think about what your body's going through. That's so right. I think even having, so so I've done hypnobirthing the three times and I think even just having that 10 minutes carved out a day yes. where you just both sit together and you yeah. like just sit and think about That's breathing right. or just breathing. Calming. Like meditation. Yeah. I loved it. Because we don't do enough of it. That's right. And the music, when I would hear it, it would trigger yeah. something and it would take me to that calm place. And I'm su I am such a believer in uh, 
you your mind yeah. is the ruler. It's like yes, this is physically happening to you, but your mind can control it to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. So if if up here is aligned and and in the right frame of mind, then I think it it aids you well. It assists you well. So yeah. I felt like between the two of us, we were and it's scary when it's the first because you yeah, you, don't. you you don't know what to expect. Yeah. But I think for the most part, when I now look back. Yes, that again, there were moments that were challenging and I had a few screamy moments. Mm -hmm. But overall, I had a great birth yeah. and I enjoyed it. And it was the best thing in my life, really. Nothing's topped it. Really? Breastfeeding. Breastfeeding's topped giving. Did you love it? I loved it so much. I did it for a year with Azura. I loved it so much. Did it happen naturally from the start? It happened as soon as she was born. She latched straight onto me. And I, I actually, I was really sad when it came to an end. And I felt like that with Anaya as well. Really? Like really sad because there's no, for me, there's no nicer bond. Like that moment that I would have with her, it was, the, it's indescribable. I yeah. can't find the words to describe how it made me feel. Well, you know, obviously all that lovely oxytocin yeah. flying around your body, but I just, it was so special. Mm. And there was one point, I think Azura was nine months old and I was due to go out to do a charity trip in Ghana and I had to get an injection. And they said you, that I wouldn't be able to breastfeed or something if I had this injection. I started panicking. I was like, I can't go. I, yeah, I can't yeah. stop breastfeeding. I can't remember what happened, but I remember having, I was in the doctor's office like crying because the thought... Well, it's having it snatched from you and without yeah, it being your, that's right. your decision. And I said, that's not happening. She has to naturally wean herself off. And I can't remember what happened, but it all got resolved. And in the end, she did naturally wean herself off. And by a year, she was more comfort feeding in yeah. the morning and the evening. But it just all happened on her terms, which which wasn't the case with Anaya, but with Azura, I got Is to Is Anaya finished now? Yes. Is that weird? Is that weird? It's true. all shriveled up. <laughs> God bless them. Oh, They'll be don't back. Mean... Don't you worry. <laughs> They'll be coming back strong. <laughs> Davina, when she did the podcast, she said, you know, you do get them back. They're not quite the same, but they do come back. Well, mine, came, well, mine really came back strong after Azura. Really? It took about, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this in front of men. Uh, it took about six months to a year, but they, they came back. I was yeah. quite pleased because it was horrifying at first. Really horrifying. But hey ho, like that's, the, sacks, that's the price you. Th yes, literally. Yeah. But that's the price you pay for something so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it again if it meant well, being able to breastfeed my child. What was moment like when you first met Azura? Oh, it's, I, I can't even find the words to describe it. It was the most surreal, out of body. Yeah, out of body experience is a really good way of explaining it. I actually had a. I had actually, you've just, you've just reminded me that once I had Azura, the seven days that followed that, mm. well, actually the first three days that followed that were quite, quite bad for me emotionally. Right. I was in a, I was a complete mess. Yeah. I suddenly realized, remember what I said to you earlier about the fear that I had as mm -hmm. a child about bringing a child into the world. It's like that fear came into the room and I suddenly was just in floods of tears constantly and I couldn't sleep and I, I don't think, Azuka didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. I, I was literally... I was having an out-of-body experience and I know I was exhausted and I know there were so many other things going on, but I remember the three days after her birth, it was quite a dark time for me, mm -hmm. not not in my relationship with her and how I was with Azura, but how I was feeling. I just felt so overwhelmed and scared. And then this, and it was like, how am I going to protect the most precious, special, pure, 
being that mm. I've ever seen in my life. It was that overwhelming. Well, suddenly, feeling. everything else seems really scary. Like even leaving the hospital, I didn't want to leave. I didn't yeah. want to go anywhere. Literally, so that. That sensation was, that was quite a scary feeling to yeah. carry. And I thought, is this just mums that carry this feeling? Because dad's not over there crying for three <laughs> days in a row. <laughs> or in our house he was. <laughs> <laughs> there was a point in the week when me and Tom just sat down and went, I'm just, what, what's going on? Like, we were both in floods of tears. Really? Yeah. Because yeah, I think it's that thing, it's so overwhelming. And I think we focus so much on the birth. Yeah. That actually when this little alien is put on, on top of you yeah. and, and they're so fragile and you don't know them and yeah. it's all just suddenly massive. Yeah, I've never talked about that either. Like remembering that, that was that was the part that would put me off doing it again because that feeling I felt so scared and mm. alone and afraid of it, just everything. Yeah, and didn't want to leave. That was what I remember. We luckily we got to stay in the hospital a little bit longer because. Because you couldn't be, stop crying. Couldn't stop crying. She had to be monitored. But it gave oh, me a little bit of time to yeah. kind of get my head around everything before leaving the hospital. And once I got home, I was absolutely fine. Really? Yeah. It was the, the minute I walked in my, my door and I got to my, and I was in my house, I was fine. Because they say that, that day three is the scary one. Well, like, it must have been day three of, then. like the milk yeah. comes in oh. and, and I think, like, I can remember having hallucinations on day three. Pro- I probably did. Yes, yeah, so I said, I, the, the word that I keep thinking out-of-body experience because mm. I felt like I was on another planet. Yeah, My mind was playing tricks with me, so therefore I probably was hallucinating. Yeah. I was full of anxiety and fear, and I wasn't sleeping, yeah. so I was sleep-deprived. And, yeah, it was it was tough, but I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad, I'm thankful that I've experienced that. I understand it, it it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, um, it's primal, isn't it? Yeah. It's very... It's it's normal, like mm-hmm. those feelings. I was worried at the time that I would not stop feeling like that, yeah. and I was glad that it passed as quick as it did. And that is why this podcast exists. Yeah, because people will be going having those sorts of feelings and feeling like they're on their own, and that actually maybe they're not meant to be a mum. Maybe that you know, maybe actually they've made a mistake. They've got right. no maternal bones in their body, whatever. Right. And I think understanding that your mind goes all sorts of places and that other people have felt it can yes. be such a comfort. Yes, exactly. I agree. I think we all need to know that we're all we're all experiencing the same things yeah. and you're not alone. But yeah. interestingly, you can feel so alone yeah. when you're in that dark place. Because also you want other people to think that you're really good. Yeah, You're a really amazing mum. Yeah. You're a superwoman. Of course, of course. But I think there's there's absolutely no shame in saying I've... I struggle. No. And I struggle even at this point with two children. I have my days where I have to say to myself, you're doing you're doing okay. You're yeah. trying your best and that's good enough today. And I think yeah. realizing that sometimes some days can it can all go wrong. Yeah. And other days just one thing will go wrong. Yeah. And that's all right. Yeah, and you have to make peace with that. Yeah. It's the the roller coaster ride, the ups and the downs. Mm. It's all part of it. And it's easier said than done. And I guess depending on what your mental state is, some people can snap themselves out of that quicker than others. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it takes time. And in, interestingly, with Ana, it was like the other way around. Really? Like I had a bit of a, a tougher time leading up to the birth, but once she was born... Do you think time, that was because like, you were feeling anxious about feeling that way again? I don't know what it was. I just know that two weeks before she was born, I basically cried every single day. Really? Yeah. And I felt so low.
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Did you think about, you know, the fact that you weren't going to have, like, Azura wasn't going to have you on her own? Did you, was it that, like, that dynamic changing? Yeah, because you kind of grieve different things, don't mm. you? Because I remember feeling sad that there was, it was no longer going to be Azuka and I yeah. when Azura oh, came yeah. along. And then, yes, the end of another era, the end of just the three of you. I think, truthfully, I don't know what it was. I think it probably was a combination of anxiety, hormones, tiredness. Um, but I felt so low in the last two weeks of my pregnancy that I was worried, which is a pointless thing to do because worrying changes nothing, but I was a little bit concerned that I was going to feel like that after she was born. And interestingly, it was like this dark cloud, which made no sense to me because mm -hmm. here's the most joyful thing that's ever going to happen to me. The dark cloud went as soon as she was born. Really? It's like it went, it went away. And I and all those worries I had, I was worried because I... I'd, I'd like to think of myself as a quite a well-rounded, healthy human being. So the thought of dipping into a place that feels alien and, and being stuck in a bit of a low spot worried me. Mm. And for, So maybe it was just hormones. I don't know. Maybe I was working right up until the point of having her. It could have been that. Yeah. Like maybe I, maybe I was doing too much. But at the, in the moment at the time, I was like, no, I'm fine. I've got this. But maybe in reflection, maybe it was a lot on, on my emotional well-being. Yeah. You know? What was uh, labour like with her? Uh, it was it was four weeks unplanned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but maybe even that. Like, if you didn't, you know, two weeks, maybe something was going on, and that's why she came so. early. And it was a you yeah. Know. So my waters broke four weeks early, and I kept texting my obstetrician saying, "Is this normal?" She's like, "Yeah, this is fine." And then one day it's like running down my leg, and I was like, "No, this isn't normal. I'm yeah. coming in to get checked." And she's like, "Yeah, your waters have broke." 
and they wanted to induce me there and then I said no 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 I said I'm going home to go to sleep I'll be back on Monday <laughs> <laughs> what day was it this was Saturday I said, my cousin's coming around for dinner tomorrow no 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 I like I need a family day I'm going home I'll see you on Monday morning just <laughs> God because right because I'd had this two weeks of crying and feeling yeah, down and feeling yeah. I was so emotionally drained and exhausted and I needed, I just needed a good night's sleep. I was like, this was one o'clock in the morning. I was not having this baby right now. And they were like, look, as long as you take this antibiotic, baby will be okay. Come back in Monday morning and we'll induce you. So it gave me a minute to just, we were in shock. We weren't expecting her to come. So we, we had to just take it in, breathe, Think about it. Have the day with the family. <laughs> was everyone just watching you the whole day? Just my cousin and my, <laughs> yeah. her daughter. And they were like, you just need to go and have this baby. Yeah. So Monday morning, we checked in at the hospital and we were induced and then nothing was happening. And I had a, I had a terrible day of um, things I don't really want to talk about. <laughs> it was just not very nice. Yeah. Lots of, uh, I screamed the hospital down at one point. Um, were you in, in pain? or I had to have an epidural. Um, because they had to do some checks and yeah. everything was uncomfortable and it was just a very up and down day. Yeah. This went on till like 11 o'clock at night and I was just exhausted and, and they said, look, maybe the fact that she's four weeks early, you're, maybe your uterus just doesn't want to get going and they're like, we can keep doing this but there's no guarantees mm. that it's going to happen. So in the end I had a C-section and I hated every minute of that. Did you? I did. Respect to people that choose it. Me, I was literally like, how do people choose this? This is this is horrific. I don't know if it's because psychologically I was geared up to have a natural birth and then I didn't get that natural birth that I found it all a bit shocking. But yeah. it all felt very clinical and scary and too many people and nothing that I wanted. Mm. And, and then also I knew I was flying out to America five oh, weeks gosh. later. I was like, I've got to get on an aeroplane. I haven't got time to be sitting around yeah. after a C-section. I mean, there are all these thoughts going on and so it wasn't ideal Mm -hmm. but she came out healthy and that is all that matters yeah healthy happy crying latched straight on I had a horrific time for the six days after I was just in a bit of a bad way but she was was that a very different bad way to the first time around well yeah because I was pumped with all these drugs and Mm -hmm. I felt spaced out and completely out of it and it was so painful just getting out of bed and it was and I feel like that's the thing so I know people who have had to have like emergency c-sections or c-sections and it's not easy no it's not that's why I can't understand the concept of choosing it Fair play, but not no, no way. If I fell pregnant again, I would still want a natural birth. Now I've experienced the two. Yeah. Um, and just how it was, like, for example, I'd be lying there and if Anaya was crying and I'd want to quickly get up to my baby and, and I couldn't because I was in so much pain. Yeah. Like, that's not fun. And uh, I was I was sick and my, it was just, it was just was not pleasant in any shape or form. Did you have to find yourself sort of... Becoming at peace with having to have an emergency. Took me a while. Took me a while. To be honest with you, there's still a little part of me that hasn't completely let it go. But I just keep saying to myself, she's healthy. That's all that matters. Yeah. I think that's that's what we try to try to rationalise it. Exactly. But I think it is interesting that so many women find that difficult to come to terms with. I found it really barbaric. Mm. I just, I, yeah, kind of just just didn't feel right for me. Yeah. But it was right for Anea yeah. in that moment and it is what it is. And 
in a way, her coming four weeks early was a blessing because it mm. gave me a bit more recovery time before I had to go to work. Yeah. So there's always a silver lining. There's always a blessing. You can always find the positive in any situation. So I just try to look at all the positive aspects of that rather than anything that was negative. Yeah. You know? yeah. What was it like bringing um, Anaya home? Uh it was gorgeous. It was a lovely sunny day. I felt so relaxed in the car. Really? Compared to when I brought Azura <laughs> home. Like, because I ate Azuka, I was like, he's got this. Yeah. Like, he's a great driver. He's calm. He's got every. We were all just feeling so much more relaxed and confident. Yeah. That was the lovely thing about the second baby. Yeah. We're like, we've got this. Yeah. And it was such a nice feeling. It's like, you know what's coming next. You know you're going to feel like this and you know it's going to pass. Yeah. So that was nice. So then you can be more present. Yeah. And yeah, it was lovely. We came home and my mum was there waiting with Azura. They had been to visit us in hospital, but they what were there. What was that like? The girls oh, meeting? Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And just so surreal seeing Azura holding her sister mm. and just... She's absolutely obsessed with her. It was gorgeous. I remember being um, in a lift once and I had uh, just buzz. So I had one child and a lady came in and she had two children and she said, you think you love your child, mm. but when you see them with their sibling, yeah. if, you're, if you're lucky enough, mm. your heart just goes to a whole new level. Yeah. For the first child, not yeah. you know, yeah, second child as well, but the fir- like you love them in such a different way. Absolutely. It's just been every day something new. And watching the two of them and watching their relationship and keeping an eye on Azura, making sure that she is completely a part of it and that we're a team. Mm. That it's not mummy and daddy and Anea, that we are a team together. Because I had a a few moments of feeling really sad in the first couple of weeks that Azura was being neglected. It was a real, almost felt like I was, I don't know the word to describe it, just like I was... Not there 100% for her how I wanted to be because I was Well, yeah, especially if nursing, you had a you can't... Well, that yeah. and nursing every half an hour, hour, yeah. you know, in the beginning. And so I just, it's almost like I felt like I was pushing her out but not mm. meaning to push her out. Yeah. And I felt really sad for that. And I could see she had a little moment of this is weird. Like yeah. I've asked for a sibling and I love her but what I feel sad too and I don't know how to explain it because I'm six. Oh. It was a bit of that going yeah. on. But I think we're over that now and yeah. now we're in the nice spot and she's reading to her and oh. she's just adorable with mm. her. It's lovely, really lovely. Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah, it's so sweet, so sweet. She's asking me for a brother already. Oh, really? <laughs> she put her like, order in. Relax. Yeah, she put her order in. She did actually say to me, there was one day she said, it's quite hard, isn't it, mummy, having two children? I said, I said, sometimes, darling. I said, but it's lovely, it's beautiful. She said, Sometimes I do miss it when it's, you know, not just me, you and daddy. Mm. And I thought that was quite sweet. But then I said, I said, but you did ask for her, just so you know. Yeah. Mummy's done this for you. <laughs> just remember that. <laughs> when you're feeling like that. Well, we've started thinking about having like one-on-one days with the kids. That's nice. Just to kind of, so they've got their, That's a nice. little bit of time with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I mean, I've tried it with Buddy, the, the four-year-old. And right. it's gone to pot. Oh, Sometimes. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a good Lower idea. My expectations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do need that quality time. Yeah. You know, just focus time mm. on them. And we, we do try our best to make sure there's a good balance. And, I, you know, I think for the most part, we're doing a good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. We were speaking before we started recording about going again. Yeah. And that kind of... But I heard someone say to me, when you're done, you're done. And you know it. Mm. And I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm done. Mm. Like my body did not like being pregnant the third time. Mm. But never say never. Mm. I think I'm like that. Because I have days where I say, absolutely no way. Mm. Two is great. This is manageable. 
on, you know, that the, the sort of the pragmatic level of parenthood yeah. where, you know, you just want to be organised and know oh, I've got this and this is manageable. Then I have other days where the joy and the love and the beauty of it, that's what, that's the feeling that you're constantly in battle with because mm. one day you're like, why wouldn't I want another baby? This is amazing. They're amazing. And then another day you're like, I'm going to pull my hair out and I'm going to go crazy. Absolutely no way. Never again. So it's interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. how that changes from day to day, well, literally. We're literally going to be caught in like a, you know, a moment where we're feeling very moment full of, of love, a moment of weakness. <laughs> and we're going to go, let's go again. It's... Then we're going to be like, what have we done? I mean, God was very clever with the design. <laughs> but isn't it crazy? Like, I do think you can have a day where everything is going wrong. Yeah, Everything. Exactly. There's meltdowns galore mm-hmm. and you're, you know, having to repeatedly, repeatedly ask for the same thing. Yeah. And then that moment where you just get a kiss that you have haven't asked for. I know. And your heart just melts. I know. And it's in that moment. I know. And I I felt well the last four weeks, and A is six months now, the last four weeks, I have I mean, I sound like I'm sad all the time. I'm really not, but I've had that moment of feeling a bit like, oh my God, am I never gonna be pregnant yeah. again? Am I never gonna breastfeed again? And that in itself is, is quite a sad feeling. So I there's a part of me that doesn't want that yeah. to be the end of that part of my life because it's so beautiful mm. and then there's the other voice that says well you've experienced it and it's all its glory so just chill i found that's <laughs> all good oh, no, i found third time round that i in my pregnancy felt like i was asking too much to expect another healthy child right. like I, I was like can i be this oh, lucky I see. yeah which is so i don't know what i would be like in a fourth interesting but when max was about six months i started getting rid of stuff and being like that can go to you that can go to you we don't need that and now recently i've kind of been a bit like not that i tom would be like no we're not mm. but just that kind of it is the sadness is hitting now it's, it's a strange feeling, mm. isn't it? I also, and it comes back to what I was telling you before about the, the age thing, I hate that it is a thought process in my mind because yeah. I think if we were sitting here and I was 31, 34, we'd probably be having a very different conversation. But my decision, I would be lying if I said that the fact that I am 42 this year, it's, it is a thing where I think, well, do I? It's not so much that I'm afraid that I can't because I yeah. do genuinely believe that if you're healthy and you look after yourself and there are ways that anything can happen, I do think it's possible. It's more about the older I get, and I don't know if this is a silly thing to think, I worry about having less time with my children. Mm. But then Azuka says, but nothing's guaranteed for anyone. Yeah. So you could be 20 years old and have a child and not guarantee, be guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with that child. Yeah. So it doesn't matter about the age. And I know he's right, mm. but yet I still have that thought where I go, oh, the older I get, the less time I get with my babies. And yeah. it's a silly thought, I know, but I think it. I guess it's something, you, yeah, you just have to consider. You just consider it. You just consider it, yeah. But you know what? It is what it is. I've been blessed with children at this point in my life, and it's my job to stay healthy, mm. you know, so that I'm there for them as long as I can be. And, um, yeah, it's, it. you know, in an ideal world, you know, I would have had children earlier, but I didn't meet the love yeah. of my life till I was 31. And also, if you'd have had children earlier, it wouldn't be the children that you have now. That's right. That's right. And actually, to to be honest, more than anything, taking even Azuka out of the equation, I'm a better human being now. Yeah. So I'm therefore a better mum. I think I would have still been a good mum in my, you know, 20s, maybe my early 30s. But I think I feel like the older I get, the more I just become a better person, a calmer, yeah. patient considerate person. And I'm still working on myself and still trying to become a better version of myself. But I think... Um, 
so for me, maybe it's not so much about the age you are, it's about where you are in yourself in yeah, yeah, yeah. as a person mm -hmm. that makes you a great parent or not. Yeah. You know? How have you found your recovery both times? Um, Especially knowing that you've got to kind of get back. Yeah, well, with Azura, it was great because yeah. it was a natural birth. I had her on the 1st of October and I didn't go back to work till the middle of January. Amazing. So I had the rest of the year to just be mum, yeah. relax, enjoy, adjust. With Anaya, completely different story. I had, obviously, an unplanned caesarean and then I flew out to America five weeks later to start a brand new job. <laughs> Just did normal put, stuff. Did that, did that put pressure on you, though? Kind of feel like, I need to recover, like I need to... Okay, so one of the things I'm really proud of about myself is that I'm not that person that's like, you need to, to, to get in the gym and you need to yeah, yeah. be a certain size. Actually, or I've got to say, to... I watched uh, uh, an interview that you did just after having an air mm. where someone said to you, and you wouldn't know that you had a baby, however, and you were like, no, you, you would. Like, yeah. you were very, like, you kind of not shut that down, but you were like, no, actually, it's like a conversation that you didn't even want to entertain. Yeah. Because like... I felt that that was really important and Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was doing AGT and it was... Everyone was like, oh, I can't believe you just had a baby. But to me, it was so obvious I just had a baby. Mm. And I wanted, to, wanted it to be obvious that I just had a baby. I wasn't trying to shy away from the fact that I just had a baby. What was really brilliant and a complete blessing, the fact that I was doing something that I was genuinely so excited about, it really helped the recovery. Because yeah. there I was in L.A. with bright blue sky with my family doing a job that I was so excited excited to do it gave me this new energy yeah. and it was really nicely paced out like we'd work one day we'd have two or three days off so it was like complete mummy time for two three days then go to work at a job that I love with people that I know and my family were right there with me so it was on paper the ideal scenario yeah. I'm very very lucky so what might seem crazy to some people like going back to work after five weeks it was like couldn't think of a better way to have done it. It was like the perfect way to go back to work. Yeah. It actually helped me because I was in a joyful space. It wasn't till I came back home in November that I was suddenly like, oh, I've just had a baby. <laughs> Maybe I should chill out for two months. <laughs> it was really surreal. And also that five, the five weeks, which sounds so quick, was gorgeous. The five weeks yeah. of just, we did, because we didn't announce that we'd had the baby, we're just in our little bubble, nursing every day, just complete gorgeous family time before going out to do something that I've dreamt of doing for years so it was it was lovely it's so nice yeah it was really really nice yeah and it was embraced yeah as well you know well how have you dealt with your body changing after giving birth I like my body more now yes. than I did when I was in my yes. 20s yeah, I said that to Azuka the other day. Yes, I'm going through that typical, my hair's all falling out. Not today because I've got loads of extensions in. But my hair's like falling out. It's all like my little halo. Hair's falling out. <laughs> Boobies don't look like they used to look. I've still got my little kangaroo pouch going yeah. on. But it's okay. It's yeah. fine. I had that before. And, you know, your, your hair grows back and everything bounces back. You've just got to be healthy and look after yourself. So I, I've just made peace with the process. Then that's it. It's making yeah. peace and it's accepting it. Absolutely. And my husband's amazing. I say husband. We're, just to clarify, everyone thinks Azuka and I are married. We're not married. Are you not? No, but I call him my husband because yeah, yeah, yeah. he is. Because yeah. to call him my boyfriend just seems so juvenile. <laughs> so just to clarify that. <laughs> um, so when I say husband, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. So he makes me feel really special because he yeah. always tells me if I'll because sometimes I have those days I'm like look at my donut <laughs> and he's like it's beautiful and I'm like yeah that that gave us our babies so it's yeah. like 
It's how you choose to look at something. Well, and also I think you... So for me, I spent a lot of my 20s kind of berating my body and looking at its flaws and hate, almost picking up on my flaws before other people could. Right. And directing so much hate towards it. Right. And then actually when it's given you a baby, yeah. you kind of like... Yeah. I have not treated you with the respect that you deserve. You deserve. You're so right. You're so right. And so when I have a day where I am being like that, I try to remind myself all the time how incredible the human body is yeah. and how clever we are and give myself props for what my body's actually been through. Yeah. You've talked about Photoshop before as well. Yeah, I did a whole do? documentary yeah. on it. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love a filter. <laughs> I love a filter and I love good lighting. Um, <laughs> but I think for me, what my major issue was back then was the fact that people aren't transparent enough. About yeah. it. You've just got to be really honest. If, you, if you've got, if you're photoshopped or you're using filter, just say. It's, like, it's nothing to hide away from. Like we all look in the mirror and think we could do with more sleep and a suntan yeah. to give us a glow. It's life. Yeah. But you've got to, you've got to be okay with, that side of yourself, you yeah. can't all, you know, I'm a person that spends a lot of time getting my hair and makeup done and I love my glam squad. But I can also look in the mirror and be okay with me without yeah. that. I can, you know, there was a time in my 20s actually where I was having make, hair and makeup done so much. I'd come home and take my hair extensions out and my makeup off and I would be like, oh, I don't like this, this person. And this is another great thing about becoming a mum and getting older. You just become more comfortable in your own skin. It's acceptance. Yeah. Uh, this is who I am, you know, take me or leave me. This is who I am. And I love that. Is part of that also having children and wanting to show them, you know, you know, or be a good role model and, and that body got like confidence and being just comfortable in your skin. Yeah. And I'm very mindful of the conversations that yeah. happen around Azura because I, if ever there's any adults in the house and they would start talking about body image or anything like that, I'm always very mindful that she can't hear it or that that conversation doesn't happen when she's around because I don't even want it to be something that she's tuning into at six years old. It's just not important. Yeah. And I think I, I'm a believer that you can teach your children so much just by your actions rather than what you say. And I hope that when she sees mummy's happy with who she is in her skin, that that will then, you know, she will pick up on that and hopefully we'll have the same way of thinking. Yeah. I hope. I hope. I just don't it's know. It's a minefield, isn't it? It's a minefield. <laughs> well, I find it really fascinating that everything we feed into them is going to have a reaction and we don't know what that reaction is until it happens. Well, that's it. They're like sponges yeah. um, soaking everything up. And I think that I did have a moment the other day, and I know I, I did want to talk to you about the book, but I had a moment the other day where Azura, she created a book and she brought it to me and my mum had it made into a real book and inside it said creative director Azura Nonye <laughs> and she went into her playroom and she stood the book next to the book Star Switch, <laughs> my, my new book. And I, I, had, I had a little moment to myself where I thought, job done. Yeah. Because for me, what that was, was her saying, my mummy's done that. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. Well, my mummy's created that. I'm going to create that. And that to me was like such a lovely full circle moment yeah. where I just sat back and I thought... That is the whole point of everything I do, that hopefully my girls, I will lead by example yeah. and set a great example. And that was just such a gorgeous moment for me where I suddenly thought, that's all I want. I want to inspire them to yeah. be the best versions of themselves that they can be. I can remember uh, being sat next to you at an event and you being like, I'm starting to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> that was at the very <laughs> yeah. start. Yeah, it's it? like three years ago now. Yeah. Is it, it must be amazing. I know that you, you know, the girls are a huge part of why you want to do it as well. Massively. So to actually get that That's what I mean. Back. Yeah. So in the beginning, 
I love, I mean, I read to Azura every night. My yeah. mum used to read to me every single night. And I think that's such a special moment as yeah. well. I would look at the characters that Azura was reading and I felt, and, I, and I'm being really honest here, yeah, when yeah. I was growing up, I never read any books where I felt represented in books. Mm -hmm. I thought, I don't want her to feel like that. This is a new day. I just don't want that. So Aurora Beam, the character from Lightning Girl, was inspired by my desire to have Azura reading about a character that looks like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it started and it's grown little legs since then. <laughs> well, how many books do you want now? So Lightning Girl was a four-book series, yeah. which is amazing, and Star Switch is the first of a new series and t today I mean this is out of context but today yeah. on World Book Day I have had so many pictures from so many people dressed up as Aurora Beam and I have felt so emotional all day really because that's all I wanted it started with my daughter and now I've got parents writing to me saying thank you for giving me a character that makes my daughter feel represented that honestly melts my heart. That's Isn't it interesting because at the start of this conversation you said about how you know your dad might have been like there's no one of colour doing what you wanted you know yeah whereas actually you're kind of saying actually the, I, we, we can represent. We can represent. I do feel now this sense of responsibility what started off as something that was inspired by my daughter and has become a passion project and something fun mm. to sort of sink my teeth into has now become something that I'm like, no, we have to keep going. We need these characters. And looking at the statistics out there, you know, 4% of all books released in 2018 had, you know, somebody of colour on the front. And that is just a terrible statistic. So I feel like I'm sort of determined to make sure not only books that I'm putting out but to yeah. sort of try and encourage other people and publishers to start investing and supporting I guess it's that it's that needs feed sort of thing needs isn't it? Feed. so if people are kind of like oh people are buying it people are reading it yeah like people need to be represented that's right oh, let's get more writers in that's right and also but what's so lovely as well yes Aurora Beam is a woman of girl of colour but I'm getting young girls that don't look like Aurora yeah, being white girls. Because it has to work the other way around as well. Yeah, you because, know. Exactly. Because they don't kids don't see colour. No. They just see a great character. Yeah. And that's the thing, it's subliminal, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. And I look at it with a completely different eye now. So I'm having fun with it, but I also feel like I'm on a bit of a mission with it. Yeah. Which is lovely. I like that. Yeah, it's good. Um, I have recently written a book about letters, Letters yes. on Motherhood. Thank you for sending to me. Thanks. Can't wait to read it. enjoy it. Um, and so I'm asking people this series, if you could write a letter on motherhood, mm. who would it be to and what would you say? That's quite a deep question. Yeah, yeah I'm throwing you right in there. If I could write a letter to anyone about motherhood. I mean, you know, na naturally my first instinct is, of course, I'd love to write a letter to my girls, but... I think truthfully, I'd love to write a letter to my mum, you know, and like just tell my mum, like, I feel quite emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Um, yeah, just to thank her. Yeah. Oh, my God. I did not expect that. It's because I've been up since 5.30. I'm delirious. <laughs> yeah, because I have this real, yeah, like my mum's amazing. I could not have done anything that I'm doing without my mum. You know, I'm 41 and I still need my mum, like literally. And um, I now understand, you know, when you become a mum, you understand their journey yeah. and what they've been through. And then you find peace and you also forgive and understand why they did certain things yeah. and why certain things they got right and some things they got wrong. And there's freedom in that. And, you, and, it, and it's good to let go of that. Um, I think it also makes you realise how they're just human. Oh, my God, they're just human. And they're making it up. Like, we make it up. I know. My mum was 21 when she had me. Mm. You know, 
I only feel ready now at this yeah. age, you know. She was 21. So I just think back then, you know, women were incredible, having children so much younger um, and not necessarily being emotionally mature enough to handle, handle it. So, yeah, I'd write to my mum and I'd just give give thanks for the job that she did and for raising me to be the person that I am today. And, yeah, just tell her how wonderful she is. Mm. I hope she doesn't hear this now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one for uh, <laughs> soppy stuff too often. Are you not? Not really, and which is interesting because I cry a lot, but I do it privately. Really? Yeah, I'm a private crier. See, yeah. I, I always think of you as someone who... Where's their heart on their sleeve? I do, I do, I do, for sure. But I'm also the kind of person that I just like to just deal with my stuff mm -hmm. and then just keep it moving, yeah. you know? And not to say that I can't share and can't talk to people, but I think I don't ever like to feel like, I don't know the the, the right way to explain it. Yeah, I just don't like to make a drama out of too much. I just like to just... Because I'm really good at... Um, sort of analysing and understanding why I feel the way I feel and yeah. what's going on. And so I can make sense of that and, and then I can move forward and I know that things pass and I, and I understand the process in that. And so I'm, and I'm quite resilient like that. Mm. So it's not that I'm, you know, like silently suffering. It's just that I just, just deal with things and, and I just keep going. And Has motherhood made you more, more emotional though? Definitely made me more emotional, but also helped me get my together mm. because I haven't got time to be wallowing around feeling sorry for myself, which sometimes I can do. I haven't got time for it because I've got two people there that need me to be strong, need me to be happy, need me to be patient and healthy. So they keep me in check. They don't allow me to wallow in feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. And that's why when I say private crier, I'm more, I'll have a cry. I mean, I even wrote a song about it recently. That's my therapy. Really? But that's the thing as yeah, a musician. Yeah, that like, I wrote a song about it because... And in the song, I say, I just needed a minute. I just needed some breathing space. You know, all I need is a moment to get my head straight. Mm -hmm. And it's that. And it's like, and the song is called War. And it's about that battle that you have with yourself. But you've been, and it's that thing of, I've been here before. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So even though I feel like this, I recognize this feeling and I'm going to keep moving on. Because mm -hmm. if you're alive, that's what you keep doing, right? Yeah. You just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would like you to finish these three sentences. Go on. It's not scary. Okay, it's not scary. <laughs> Being a mum means loving and giving with everything that I have. Since being a mum, I have become a more patient person. And I'm happy when. I mean, there's many answers to that <laughs> sentence. I mean, watching Handmaid's Tale, drinking a glass That makes of you wine. happy. It does. <laughs> <laughs> the most depressing show on okay. TV. That any any box set, any box set. Um, what makes me happy? Um, when I'm surrounded by the people that I love more than anything in the world. That is the truth. Lovely. Yeah. Alicia, I have to say that whenever I see you out at events, and, and to be honest, neither of us have been out for a long time. <laughs> you have always been so genuine, so lovely and warm, and you are Aww. a total delight. So thank oh, you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I feel honoured to be here. I love it. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Let's cheers again. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> nice cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs>